Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Box Set Pod, spoiling Gilmore Girls Discourse. It's a brand new version of the Box Set Podcast, which we're going to do uh, while Jamie is in the period of becoming a father. Um, and we will be spoiling the Gilmore Girls tonight. If it, it, Unusually for this podcast, if you haven't seen it, we're not going to look after you. This is a retrospective between me and one other person. You have been warned, and that person this evening is Mel. Uh, how are you doing, Mel? I'm okay. I'm all right. We it's, are um, recording this on the 7th of November at half past six uh, UK time, which means that with you it's uh, it's lunchtime the day before election day. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, how are you feeling? How does How does the world feel to you today? I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I don't know that I've ever been this nervous before an election. Joe, you know what makes me even more nervous is that you uh, sound like you feel the way that we did before the Brexit decision. It's like, it's like, yeah. oh, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And then it and, did. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. There's a been a, an incredibly high percentage of people. Um, voted early yeah which i think could uh be very beneficial for those of us who approve of democracy and civil rights yeah so we'll see well we will um so by the time we get to the next podcast mel could be in another country which country would you move to mel <laughs> um probably canada yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, reckon... I mean i prefer to go over um, to the UK, but you all ruined that this summer. So. I know, I know. Uh, Canadian real estate prices are going to go through the roof tomorrow if uh, if Trump wins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, enough of that. Let's talk about the wish-fulfilled world of America that is the Gilmore Girls. Uh, this is a TV series that is, I think, uh, probably very misunderstood if you haven't seen it. You know, uh, the whole point of the box set pod is to get people beyond uh, the surface uh, opinion of things. Uh, but I think the Gilmore Girls, certainly with me and a lot of other people, you really do imagine something that's very soft focus, that's very... Uh, you basically expect Dawson's Creek, I think, meets mm -hmm. the Golden Girls, <laughs> if you haven't watched it. And uh, it, it turns out to be something that it does appear to be that on the surface, but is is very different and has a, has a more depth, almost like they tricked the network and the public into thinking it was that and then dealt with deeper themes and uh, very clever uh, techniques and writing, I suppose. So Mel persuaded me to carry on with it. 
uh, on uh, the box set pod and I have now watched every episode of every series of the Gilmore Girls and I my life is now at a loss without it <laughs> luckily I've only got like 20 days to wait before Netflix release four brand new films of the note of the Gilmore Girls so I'm excited about that so tell me about your history with the Gilmore Girls Mel tell me how you got to it I watched it from day one on, on um, Warner Brothers TV. Yes, on the now defunct Warner Brothers on the WB. Wow. Uh, my mother and I watched almost every episode together. Wow. First run, yeah. Wow, how mm-hmm. nice! And were you? Um, did you? Did your relationship change because of watching it? You know, um, I wouldn't say because of watching it, but there were, you know, there was a lot that was happening in my life at the time that was affecting things, um, affecting my relationship with her. So it's funny that you bring that up because she was just lamenting last week that we're no longer best friends. But, you know, she's voting for Trump. So what can I say? Is she? She is. Oh, my God. Imagine if Rory went to vote Trump and (gasps) Lorelai... I mean, there's no question. They stayed away Mm -mm. from politics, but there's no question that... No, they uh, didn't. They wouldn't be... Do you don't think they tried um, to? They the tried to end, claim to what be. What did Rory choose? What did she choose at the beginning? Oh, at the end. Oh, sorry, at the end. Yeah, she went. She went to cover the Obama campaign. That's that doesn't right. mean she supports Obama. That just means she's covering the campaign. Oh, you haven't seen the little teaser then? Oh, uh, what for the, net, for the Netflix films where she's actually working for Michelle Obama? Is she? Yes. <laughs> In the teaser, she's um, Michelle Obama is getting ready to go on some trip, and Rory brings her like eighteen different books to choose from for this like you know three hour plane ride. There's a number of teasers. I think I've watched uh, two other other teasers. That's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Well, they did. They 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 sort of made a thing of saying, "Hey, we we were sort of apolitical or stayed away from politics," but it was pretty clear that they were uh, left leaning. Uh, I don't know. I mean. Really? You think they were apolitical? We went through... No, that's what they claim. running for class president. I've heard a number of interviews where they claim that this is the case. Whatever. They lied. Yeah. yeah. Madeleine Albright had a cameo. Are you kidding me? Well, they use that as the one example of like where they perhaps uh, nailed some colors to the mast. Mm -hmm. Mm. It was pretty obvious. Yeah. Okay. Well... Even so, this was more the the politics of friendship and the politics of relationships. So, um, uh, feminism and feminism, which which also is really hard to find them talking about. Uh, We'll come back. It's because they were living it. Yeah, well, um, um, I mean more like uh, in interviews and things uh, afterwards. Mm. It's it's my favorite kind of any ism, really, in that they don't. They talk about the stories and the characters and, um, you know, Amy Sherman, the writer, does not have to answer questions about being a woman every time she's interviewed she talks about being a writer which is mm-hmm. which is my kind of progression you know mm-hmm. um and i find it very hard to find them talking about uh off air about feminism and what it means and, and why this they don't is it's all up there on the screen 
Yeah. And if you know about the Bechdel test, which I'm sure you mm -hmm. do. So the, yes. And if you don't know what the Bechdel test is, look it up. Uh, but basically, it fails the Bechdel test if you flip the Bechdel test round on almost every level. It's really hard to find like a scene just between two guys talking. I can probably think mm -hmm. of two in the whole seventh series. And, well, and Jess versus Dean, probably. Exactly. Or Jess, Jess and Luke. Uh, but but then the Bechdel test also says if they are having a conversation, if two women are having a conversation, um, is it about a man? And mm -hmm. that is definitely the case in this. I mean, the world very if much it wasn't revolves about, around them. Yeah, if it wasn't about Rory, then it was about Jess's mom. So There you go. There you go. Um, also, can I just apologize for Mel and I both sniffing our way through this podcast? We've got a transatlantic cold with each yes. other. It's weird. Um Okay. I'm going to try to hit mute every time I start coughing up a lung. But yeah, yeah. I am sucking on cough drops, too, so apologies if I'm a little bit slurred. I have not been drinking yet. <laughs> so how much do you love this? Well, what we're about to do is discuss certain topics on the Gilmore Girls. Okay, I should have said this from the start. We've both prepared some statements for discussion. Um but but first of all, Mel, where does this sit in your... If you're getting in a spaceship, you're going to outer space, you can take three box sets with you. Uh, is this in the three? Ooh. Mm. See, I was going to say it's definitely top five, but is it top three? Yeah. I think it is. I think it is because I've recently rewatched the entire series, and apart from um, a stretch that we'll get to... Yeah. Um. I would sit down and watch it all again if I had the time, you yeah. know, before before the four new uh, movies are released. So, right. um, yes, it's it's a it's rewatchable. It's in, and I I catch it's in reruns here, yeah. in syndication right now, and I'll I'll just flip it on and watch whatever whichever episode it is. I don't care what it is. Sometimes I just want to go back to Stars Hollow. So. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You, you want to go to Stars Hollow. That's, that's the mm -hmm. thing. It's one of those worlds that uh, is so well created that you, you just want to be there. You want to visit it. That's, that's one of the wonderful things about it. So how did they do that? And maybe, maybe we'll discover that through our statements to each other. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Um, are you aware of this? This is. I, I want to do a shout out for the podcast Gilmore Guys, which is a podcast about the Gilmore Girls, and they've, they they have pretty much uh, explored every theme and every question uh, throughout history in some very long and very many podcasts, one for every episode. Um, something I've learned just from listening to a few of those since I finished the show is that there are a load of fans that, when it comes to picking which one of Rory's boyfriend is their favourite. There are a load of fans who pick Jess as their favorite boyfriend. I don't understand. Okay, so why? Why do fans love Jess so much? Like... I think if we're talking purely fictional, I can see why he would appeal. But if you're trying to translate that into real life, hell no. But surely that's the problem. The, the other way around is like, do you mean they're finding him personally attract the actor attractive? No. Yeah, and and that bad boy, you know, we've yeah. got this this pure, you know, Snow White, you know, birds help you get dressed today, as Paris said in one episode. Yeah. Versus, you know, this pseudo bad boy. I mean, come on. Yeah. How bad was just really? Yeah. He yeah. drove he drove a beater and wore a black leather jacket. I mean. Yeah, I'll tell you why he was bad. Like, um, he was bad because he was a dick to um to dean like this guy came and in rory. and rory but he he 
how you can say he's the he's the best boyfriend for Rory when he came in as a character and he purposely drove a wedge between a perfectly healthy relationship mm-hmm. between two other people. It's not like he was the James Dean character that came in and he was smoking a cigarette, leaning against the wall, and and she went, "Oh my god, I love that guy." He mm-hmm. came in and he did that, but he also was actually vile to Dean and like mm-hmm. getting fights with him and things like that. You go, how can all these girls be so? How can they like cheerlead this? Surely they're it, like lambs to the slaughter going after the cool guy in the leather jacket, it's, just yeah. undoing this seven series of great feminism and individual thinking. They've just gone back to like he's dreamy. Now, see, I, I'm going to come back to that point about feminism in the in the entire series in just a second. But I think that I think they're they've maybe never had a man fight for them that way, and so in some sort of misguided mm-hmm. view of of the 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 what's hap- actually happening, they're seeing it as you know, here's the man who's fighting for his woman, whether or not it's in her best interest. Let's just flip. Whether or not she wanted him to. Let's flip the roles, right? I want you to imagine mm-hmm. that a... Because it basically would be the the, the loins leading the brain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's flip it around. You've got a boy and a girl character. The boy is the main character. And uh, he's going out with a really kind, good-looking, lovely girl who he can settle down with and get married to. And into town comes a bimbo with... Big boobs and a short skirt and high heels. Now, and to be fair, Jess is pretty smart. No, I'm just using... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, but I'm using the loins as an example, okay? So yes. forget that. The 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 um, the appeal, the appeal of this guy would be similar to then this girl who's all about the looks comes in, purposely drives a wedge between the nice girl and the main character... And uh, the cr- and the audience is going, ah, oh, she was the best girlfriend. What? <laughs> would there be uproar? It would be, yeah. So I never, I then. never understood that. Okay, good. Uh, and f- I did, I, even at the time, you know, watching it in first run, I was really annoyed by Jess and that whole relationship. Yeah. And I, I, I could see how it was meant to stretch Rory beyond her comfort zone. Mm. You know, Dean did in a way because she actually noticed boys. Yeah. For once. Yeah. And then Jess came along and challenged her in different ways. Yeah. Well, but that's, I mean, he was never, he was never a long-term option. Well, to quote Scott Patterson, I think said it on the Gilmore guys, and he was quoting somebody else. And he said, uh, I think Rory had the correct boyfriend for whatever stage she was at in life. Yes. So she needed a bit of um, excitement and a bit of bad boy when Jess came along. I would I 100% agree with that. I agree with that, but it's but you can still like when when looking back re- back retrospectively, you cannot pick the guy that purposely split her up with someone else. No. I mean, jeez, come on, girls. And got her to break the law and I mean, just yeah. no. Um no. and the flip side of that is my next one. We'll come to you your statements next, but I, on the same subject, why fans hated Logan so much, played by the excellent Matt Zucker. I Okay, so I'm going to preface this by going back to what I was going to mention. Mm. That I feel, and I believe you titled this, um, how is this section how fans miss the point sometimes? Uh, yeah, it can be. Ish. Okay. Go on. Well, so in my mind, the team whomever 
who does Rory end up with is missing the point of the show completely. Right. It was never about who does Rory end up with. It's about who does Rory become. Yes. Who does Lorelai become? Yeah. How does their relationship grow and change over the years? Yeah, of course. That's the whole point of the series. It's yeah. not. And so all of this, you know, here, oh, who who does Rory end up with? Who does Lorelai end up with <laughs> when these new shows come out? I mean, I'm not going to say I don't care because it is part of their lives, but I really don't care. No, I mean, that's there's a, a lot more I'm interested in. In many ways, that's us as the audience driving it back to the anti-feminist wonderful thing that it did. It's going, the girl's got to be about the boy. <laughs> and it's so not. Yeah. No, it isn't. But... But Logan is massively hated by people. And it's interesting because uh, we have a, very much a class system in a lot of our entertainment, but also in our society over here that America claims not to have and in many ways doesn't. Um, but it seems to me like there's a lot of hatred put towards Logan, the character, because he comes from a wealthy family when his actions, OK, he's a bit of a. He's he he's from that world, and he can't mm -hmm. help being from that world. And the fact that he calls her Ace drives me insane. <laughs> I hate that every time he goes, "Hey Ace, oh you dick," but he's he's he means well almost all of the time. He means in, he means well. He can't help what he was born with and and the things that he brings to it, and he makes a stupid decision at the end when he decides not to see her anymore because she won't marry him and stuff but you know what i mean it's like you you're watching just like with jess you're watching someone a result of their environment um but people seem to really hate that character did you hate did you what did you think of logan while you were watching him i liked him a lot yeah you see i am a big logan fan i don't know that i would be I don't disagree with Roy's decision at the end to turn down his proposal and go off on her own because, for the love of God, she's 22. Yeah. Um, I – yeah, I the, – the the hate for for Logan, I did not understand. I I get part of it because, you know, at the beginning, because Rory had her misgivings about him too and for exactly the reasons that you said. Yeah. And so I, I get where we're supposed to feel that way with her, but then clearly her feelings changed, her opinion changed as she got to know him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they went through some ups and downs and, you know, she struggled a lot with his struggle. You know, he was struggling with um, being a Huntsberger. Yeah, yeah. And what that all entailed. And <clears throat> she struggled with it right along with him. But, um yeah, this this hatred for him, I don't, I do not understand. No, and I actually, f I wonder whether Lorelai's um, view of him is much more critical and uh, perhaps harsher than the rest of us. There's kind of uh, an interesting motherly um, protectiveness that makes her quite, uh, I, I think quite more critical of him and perhaps she brings like she hated the fact that he came from a rich family more because because her family was rich mm -hmm. and she'd broken away from that so she understood her that, own issues yeah, yeah that world had baggage with it and maybe that fuels the fans on a little with it as well but I was always wishing them well I was always hoping that they'd kind of work it out because he he needed her and um yeah, but I mean, I suppose at the end, his decision to just kind of sack her off, 
he proposes she says look i don't want to propose is there no middle ground and he just goes no it's all or nothing you kind of go is it really and that's again he's he's very young she's very young yeah exactly yeah uh, yeah i'm not surprised by that but i think i think they were growing more towards each other than apart from each other yeah yeah but then i suppose when when you start picking it apart and you see his actual behavior and some of the things that he does says like like she said she specifically doesn't want to be she doesn't like big proposals she she doesn't like big mm-hmm. big public uh statements you know and then he proposes in front of all the family yeah it's like he didn't quite he, he had a lot him, but, to learn and yeah. I, i'm i'm actually willing to forgive him a lot of things because he is so young and she is so young yeah. you know i'm i'm willing to I'm willing to concede a few things that I maybe wouldn't otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's that dealt with. Okay. So that's my issues with boyfriends. Uh, over to you. Okay. Um, so I guess kind of keeping on the same sort of relationship theme. Hmm. Gypsy and Taylor never actually addressed. <laughs> but do you think that they were each gay? Yes, I always thought that. Do you think that they were stereotyped thus so that, you know, they were given certain character traits so that they didn't actually have to come right out and say these are LGBT characters? Mm. And yet it was just kind of and it was a way of saying they are and it's not anything to remark upon. I I wonder whether in both of those cases it happened in casting. Um, Mm. Taylor... I think he's clearly a, a really theatrical actor and mm-hmm. and I wonder whether his that's what made his like you could write that character and you could play that character of the town arsehole uh, the mm-hmm. stubborn bureaucrat in so many different ways like in, in classic Russian um theater you would have like Mr. Volokov who says no to everything mm-hmm. um and I think I imagine when they auditioned him uh, his kind of over niceness about everything and that that real super passive aggressive um manipulatory Persnickety. yeah persona yes. was i i would guess that they just went oh my god he's perfect and mm-hmm. the fact that he may that might involve very theatrical camp characteristics whether i don't know anything about the actor whether the actor's gay or not but i don't either. um i don't know uh I wonder whether it was done in casting. And the same with Gypsy. You imagine Amy Sherman going, well, why can't the mechanic be a woman? And Mm -hmm. just writing the mechanic as a woman anyway, because that's Mm -hmm. what she was doing with the whole series, really. Um, And then when it came to casting, you happen to cast someone who looks a little bit like a mechanic, so it perhaps uh, looks like she has more testosterone than, say, you know, Lorelei. So I do, but I do wonder. Who knows? You think maybe Amy Sherman was uh, purposely? It doesn't feel like a. It doesn't feel like a sort of two thousand agenda, does it? To think so deeply about about it. Like it and seems. yet, given the other things that she wove into the series, yeah. And I didn't pick up possible. on it during the first run. Yeah, yeah. It was when I rewatched the entire series that I started thinking. Wait a minute. Yeah. I think these are. I think these characters might be gay, but it's never talked about because it's not. I mean, it's just not an issue, you know. I mean, yeah. was 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 that her point that 
these are part these people are part of Stars Hollow. Yeah. They yeah. they might be gay. We don't know. We don't care. It's not it's be, not anything we're going to moralize about or preach about. Well, it'd be it'd also be interesting to know if she did uh if she would have liked to have write, written Taylor with a love interest or um, gypsy, uh, you know that whether she would have wanted to she do that. She could have been giving herself the option, and that never, she was never allowed. I, ima- so I imagine she would definitely not be allowed. That the, the network TV back then, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't go there. You know, the... except no, that's not true because on Dawson's Creek, remember, right? We had okay. Kerr Smith, who famously had one of the first uh, male-on-male kisses on. Right. Television and I mean now it's got those headline news, but it fit. But also, there are a lot. Watching it now, there are a lot of um, slightly homophobic jokes from Lorelai and Rory in their dialogue. And Just, that jars. That's jarring. Yeah, right? yeah. It's very nineties, but it's like. Um, uh, I can't remember specific now, but it, just using gay as a as a derogatory term, I think might have happened. Or or when one of them goes, mm, unless you want to kiss a girl, mum, you know, it's yeah. just like, uh, yeah, just, but, but Friends is the same. If you watch Friends now, there's oh a lot gosh. of like. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah. Joey and Chandler accidentally hugging and then going, oh, what did we do? <laughs> or the, yeah, it was, well, it was a running joke that Chandler, people thought he was gay, so. Right, yeah. But we were all in 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 high school in the 90s, and we know that gay, I mean, it probably still is, but gay was used as a derogatory term. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're gay. Um, yeah. And I think that was just, it's just amazing how quickly certain things have moved on in, in such a sp- short space of time, I think. Nobody meant any ill by it, but it it's amazing to see the difference now, isn't it? Especially- it's, that, it's called unconscious bias. Um yeah. Where you're, yeah. You're... If, only, if only I'd have known that when we were talking about the get down. But, um, oh, sorry. Yeah, we'll <laughs> come back to that. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. You're right. And um, so so on the one hand, you've got uh, these characters that could potentially be gay, but then I, I, I kind of feel like it was more a sort of, she's not, ho- Amy Sherman, the show is in no way homophobic. Mm-hmm. But due to those references, would she have kept sort of gay reference, anti-gay references in if she was that bothered about flying that particular rainbow-coloured flag? I I don't know. I don't know. And that's something that I would like to ask her sometime if I got the opportunity, just because it was something that stood out on the second watching. Yeah. Um, from from everything I've seen her say, when she's asked questions like that, she kind of goes, oh, I don't know. I, I, I just write. It's like, I don't think of it mm-hmm. that deeply. I sit down and I have to have to get an episode written by Thursday. So I just mm-hmm. bang it out and make it as good as possible. So it's she, she doesn't have an agenda. She's just trying to write a good show. And what comes out is a reflection of her. Yeah. And I think I, I've found that with actors and with, with uh, singers, songwriters, is that very rarely do you get somebody who can write something that is awesome whilst also thinking about the critical view mm-hmm. of it. You can't. You have to make yourself a little bit stupid, you know. You have to kind of go, I'm singing this song because I'm in love and I've made the best song ever. Right. If you, if you do that whilst going, but does this sound like Dylan or does this sound like... Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't do it. So, well, it's also, it's the, it's the fallacy of a authorial intent. 
Um, that's uh, that's what they teach you in grad school. How is it? Doing a literature degree. Oh, yes, really? Is that you? You cannot ascribe intent to an author who's not there to tell you whether or not it's true. So, for example, you know, um, J.R.R. Tolkien continually denied that The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, especially The Lord of the Rings trilogy, were analogies for Christ's birth, you know, the, the, yeah. the battle for our souls, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It was a biblical analogy. The, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear when you're reading it that it is, well, I but think, uh, I he think... denied it, and, and that's where you have these disagreements between authorial intent and what's actually in the source material. Yeah, yeah, and also J.R. Tolkien. I think some of that stuff is so clearly about World War Two, um, Nazis oh, sure. and Auschwitz and evil and uh, Jewish stuff. I've, mm-hmm. uh, and and if he's lived through that, if he's lived through those times, whether it's conscious or not, he's uh, that's the world that he's he knows, isn't it? And that's well, I think he, you know, for him that it was an allegory of World War Two. And oh, he did say that. That's that's yeah, that's clear too. But I'm okay. talking about the Judeo-Christian uh, Christian story that's also being okay. told. Ah, and and he always denied that that was the case. And I think it's just because that's who he was. And mm-hmm. he, you know, as an artist, he was making these comparisons unintentionally. Yeah, and it's got to be. I mean, half the stuff has to be unconscious, and right, uh, and maybe that's the beauty of it. Is that you look at you look at these that question over um, LGBT issues in Gilmore Girls, and you say, well, actually, uh, what you see is what you get. Amy mm-hmm. Sherman did no more than cast mm-hmm. and write those two characters. She also did no more than make some jokes that were slightly anti-gay right. as well. And so it's and a so perfect they... representation of where she was and where most of us probably were at that exactly. time in history. That's, you know? that's exactly what I was going to say. And so we have that conflict, that kind of low-level conflict that yeah. I think a lot of us could relate to. So um, Good. Yeah. Good question. Now, uh, here comes my question. Did Rory <laughs> behave like a dick for a whole series? This yes. was when she moved in with her grandparents. Yes. But you know what? She was due. She yeah. was due. She never had rebelled. She never hated her mother, you know, as a 16-year-old. Yeah, yeah. She was due for a, and it, But it to the point still that, waters. <laughs> because, well, one of the beautiful one of the things that that I've just loved watching this so recently and so constantly for like five episodes a night um, has been the the prolonged drawing out of storylines that go over a whole series. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get... So Laura, uh, Rory falls out with her mum. She moves in with her grandparents. In, in most TV series, they'll give you that resolution of them getting back together within three episodes, most. Mm-hmm. Probably one episode, normally. And it goes on for 20 episodes. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, by the time you reach episode 11, I actually don't buy it. I actually go, actually, if if my daughter, if, if my wife fell out with me and left the house for an hour, I would understand. Mm-hmm. If she left the house for 24 hours there's a borderline divorce on the cards there 
because it's like mm. you don't do that to somebody else and for for Rory to be out for what was a whole summer without talking to her mother it just made me go ah is the is the structure even for the perfect Amy Sherman Palladino is the is the is this plan is this structure of having a, a long-term resolution becoming stronger than reality or than than really she should have done you know how she sat down with a wall planner and gone okay so we'll make that last till the end of the series and, and actually rory's a complete dick if she hasn't made it with her mum seven episodes into that she's behaving like a complete ass you've clearly never been a daughter or a mother <laughs> you have have you fallen out for three months with your mum? i i've never not talked to her for that long exactly um and rory did talk to her mother at you know, there there are references to some communication, uh, but it, it's more they transactional. Each other, like, yeah, it's yeah. transactional. Yeah. Um, I I have gone through periods like that, wow. where we barely interacted. We may have been in the same place at the same time, but we barely inter- interacted. Um, wow. And and it is due to layers of family issues and issues that she has with other people that I am less and less willing to accept yeah. or or give much credence to i guess just um i so want to know what this is getting way more personal than i thought it was <laughs> going to be nothing wrong with being personal hey. nothing wrong with it do you want to admit to it or do you would not want that out there in case she well, listens to it i don't know that she'd ever listen to it but um just you know there's just uh, we don't we don't have time on this podcast for all right. There's a political divide in the there's podcast. A political divide she's hanging out with the wrong crowd, yes, and you don't like that. Well, there's personal issues. You know, my parents split up in okay. when I was 14, and there's there's still yeah we yeah. still have to rehash that constantly. Okay. So, um, you know, it, which is similar to when Lorelai split up with her parents. Yeah. And so the relationship that I have with my father is similar to what the relationship that Rory has with her grandparents. Wow. I mean, it even kind of follows the same trajectory wow. of him not being a part of my life for a very, very long time. And then being a part of my life and how my mother deals with that. Wow. So, you know, so there, there, I'm seeing a lot of parallels. You see, you I've know. had zero family issues members of my family including me are insane for various reasons but um <laughs> we've never you know a, a, an argument or a conflict has never lasted longer than probably an hour ever it's like oh my gosh i'm like in the middle the, of a conflict between my mother and my younger brother that's been going on for two solid weeks unbelievable i can't yes. you see i have no experience of that i find it so mm-hmm. stressful and bizarre that that could even ever happen it is stressful so i'm How very long? lucky I'm in therapy i'm in therapy <laughs> fair enough I well, <laughs> well in which case then you yeah you've answered my question then so is she behaving like a dick perhaps she is but she is. but it's not actually as unusual as i thought you could it would be possible to fall out with you but would it be possible to fall out with lorelei for three months i think that we have two very stubborn people yeah um we have rory who is sowing some of those rebellious oats yeah we have a very enabling grandmother especially but also grandfather yeah who are giving her everything her just gleefully giving her what she needs to rebel against her mother yeah and there's, I mean, you have that whole side of it and, and what that that relationship between Lorelai, Emily, and Richard is, 
and how it's playing out with Rory and Rory being somewhat oblivious to it, as smart as she is. Mm. And which is one of Lorelai's trigger points is that as smart as Rory is, she's not recognizing that her grandparents are using Rory to get back at Lorelai in this situation, you know? So there's just, there's so many levels. So do I think it was drawn out longer than it needed to be? Perhaps. But on the other hand, I also feel like it gave a, pretty realistic picture of what a lot of mother-daughter relationships go through at some point yeah and yeah i i think it, it perhaps because of my life experience i've never I, I would say that that's possible with friends but less with less with family but they've they've always been fr- the friends haven't they that's the whole yeah. idea they're more like friends than family they are but there are times when you know lorelei has to pull the mom card and when mm. she does i mean oh gosh you just I mean, I, I don't want to be a broken record here, but if you're neither a mother nor a daughter, you do not know the buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do not know yeah. the buttons that can be pushed in that relationship. Wow. Even between the best of friends who are mother and daughter, wow. there are still there are still buttons, and that's what's happening here. So wow. Something just um, made a squirk, a squirk noise inside your body that I just heard down the I microphone. I think it was my, um, my cough drop. Your cough drop, or yep. it was it was. It was squashed down feelings towards your mother. So <laughs> it was. This is the physical embodiment of my feelings. Yeah, they are not squashed down though. <laughs> I'm working through them. Okay. Dear listeners, um, I am working through this. Things are going to be okay. And my next question was also: Did Lorelai behave like a dick? And I think she did. Like there are a number of times, and this is watching them back to back. The style, the speed of writing, the speed of delivery can, like, make me chew my own cheek off. Like, Mm -hmm. really drove me nuts sometimes. And one of the things that, uh, the few times that it really drove me nuts was when I realized that if Lorelai was a real person at this moment, she would annoy the hell out of me Mm -hmm. because she, because the conversation was all about her. Oh my! All she, of the time, she is a selfish person. She yeah. is, and and very loud and very uh, like. Um, I, and I just mean some of the exchanges. And and Lauren Graham did an amazing job, especially in the last mm-hmm. series of uh, where they were imitating Amy Sherman's writing. So she had to be annoying. So uh, she's getting in a car to go on the date with Christopher. And she, Christopher's not telling her where this date is. It's the episode when he has the cinema up against the barn. Um, mm-hmm. um, she's getting into the car and she's guessing where they could be going. And she's going, could it be this? He goes, no. Could it be this? Because I'd like that. No. Could it be this? And there's like seven or eight of these, not three or four, which is mm-hmm. mildly charming. Seven or eight. If I was Christopher, I would have... I would have just said, look, go back in the house. <laughs> I'm, uh-huh. I'm going on my own. I cannot. This, this is, is too much. This but, is not adorable anymore. Yeah, and she plays it. You can see Lauren Graham kind of plays it like an annoying child as well. Mm-hmm. Almost like she knew that the writing wasn't as good when she was playing uh-huh. She did her best with the writing. But even before that series, there were times when I... Mm-hmm. Okay, so my question to discuss is... Did Amy Sherman deserve to be given a lot of rope? But was she perhaps given too much rope sometimes? I am going to answer that question by saying, 
I think what we saw with these moments that you're talking about are glimpses of spoiled 16-year-old Lorelai, who that part of her that never quite grew up because she left home at such a young age. Mm. That part of her that never quite matured because she left home and had a baby and allowed that resentment toward her parents to fester for 16, 20, whatever years, however long it was. Mm. Um, I mean, it's still, we, we don't know. It could, we'll see in these new movies, whether she's ever actually forgiven her parents for that. Mm. But there is an element of that petulant teenager that there is. shows up yeah, sometimes yeah. that that's selfish. Um, you're not going to act the way that I want you to act. So I'm, you know, I'm packing up my toys and leaving, you know, I'm finding a new sandbox. Yeah. That's what she did. She did not do the running away was not the mature thing to do. What you no just said, if if you're right, then you then the writing is a million times even better than I think it is, which and I think it's great, but it's even better. If you're wrong, you're you're putting a lot onto something that isn't there, and I, that's definitely part of her character. But what I see in those moments is a writer who loves wordplay and has been told for four seasons now by an audience that her wordplay is amazing and that there's only Aaron Sorkin on the West Wing on the other channel who does wordplay and she's just taking too much liberty. I think she does show off sometimes. Yeah. But I'm going to stand by my psychoanalysis. I never quite grew up because I think that that is evident in a lot of other areas. Yeah. You know, just I mean, just look at the way that she interacts with her mother. That is a 16 year old in an adult's body. Yeah, it's true. True. But then her mother is so horrible. (laughs) Like she's not just she's not just harsh. She's she's like it's one of the most beautiful things of it It was like you get this scene really early on. um, Like right from the beginning, you get these scenes where Lorelai would do the morality speech that you're so used Mm -hmm. to having at the end of episodes of of anything. And she'd go, and this is why I did it. And this is what I mean. And it does doesn't mean I don't love you and it means da 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 and you go well there's no mother in the world that couldn't melt at that point and have a cry and say I love you too and she would go well what's for lunch Uh and you go oh my god and it's brilliant because it is the truth is there are people in the world who cannot express emotion and no matter how much you jump around listen to my podcast from last week with lee cockerell ex-vice president of walt disney world florida and you will hear a man who very much doesn't talk in flowery artistic language like me he's just a straight talking cowboy and uh that's a good example. I can't imagine myself like making Lee break down in tears and uh, say, but yeah, there's, there's people in the world that can't do that. And what an amazing character and what an amazing performance. It is. And it, and just when we get to the point where we think, Oh my gosh, Emily Gilmore is a monster. <laughs> you see something, this, the sod cracks. You give, you, and you, you get see given this a little tiny... glimpse of this woman yeah. who has had to, be this who was trained from birth yeah to be this person yeah 
And she she aches for affection. Yeah. She wants it from her husband. She wants it from her daughter. She wants it from her granddaughter. But she doesn't know how to get it. Yeah. And you see these tiny little cracks and you're like, oh, no, now I actually care about her. Yeah. And and some of the, you know, we will talk about the last series. The last series gets bashed for so many reasons. But actually, the the, the explanation from her in the last series about her character is actually really good. Like, it's in that series that she says, I, they have the whole conversation around, like, I was brought up in a way that said you find a man you help him to achieve his dreams and that's what you do and there's nothing wrong with that that was fantastic and that was great you know she was really good at it yeah and i'm really good at that but that's what i do and um the idea of leaving home and and living like you've lived is so is against everything that i am and it's brilliant it's it, 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 that makes sense of it all. There were times earlier on when I just went, no human can behave like that, but they totally can. Like if you've got a different political belief to somebody or if you've got, that's all you need. All you need to do is get in a conversation with someone who has a different politics of you and you can mm-hmm. see how down to the bone people do think differently and that you can't necessarily win them round with a great Hollywood monologue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that was, I, I think that was another element of the brilliance of this show is exactly what you said as much of a wordsmith as amy sherman paladino is even she could not sway emily gilmore yeah 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 and thank god she didn't you know it's i know that's what's so unique about this series that's the thing that you don't realize about this series when you start it is that people behave in in very realistically stubborn ways people move you know six inches in life they don't move 600 miles they move six Mm -hmm. inches and that's what this series shows that no other series does show Uh, there's not the big win the emotional win or the big swing and change that you get in hollywood and Mm -hmm. yet it's set in this universe that is so unreal and it's full so of disney yeah it's like live action disney it reminds me of enchanted yeah the movie with um amy <laughs> adams and yeah. patrick dempsey you yeah. know it's that yeah. kind of a world yeah but without the actual birds helping her get dressed in the morning you know it's it's it is showing these <clears throat> incremental changes well it's funny actually because in the if you watch the pilot that's shot in vancouver and mm-hmm. the street shots of it look really really real now if they'd have carried on with that shooting it in real towns i think it would feel really different because in in that pilot you see regular street people you know uh, traffic mm-hmm. cops and uh, maybe the odd homeless person in the distance you know wandering around and steam from the gutters in the rest of it i think when they went then to a set which was mm-hmm. obviously uh, you know a good financial choice they went to this star's hollow set that's really that works uh, you know it, it helps us with it our wishful fulfillment, but it changes the tone and it would have been a completely different series it would have been really interesting and it's going to be interesting with the new releases to see what they do with that because it's been shot much more like a film and i think it's going to potentially look like much more of a real world and that'll be really interesting see how i am very curious about that yeah but that that brings me to my next envelope do it stars hollow is there a seedy underbelly 
<laughs> no. <laughs> Next question. I think the potential was there in the pilot. <laughs> yes, exactly. But they completely yeah. eradicated it by turning it this, into this ideal, idyllic, perfect. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's never even any dirt on the sidewalks. I yeah, mean, yeah. even in that episode where Lorelai breaks up with Snow because her foot, you yeah. know, one of the reasons is because she steps in that icy puddle. Yeah. It's not even dirty. It's not dirty. It's not even muddy <laughs> snow. It's just pristine yeah, snow. It's Disney World. Have you, um, you've not watched The West Wing, have you? Probably. Oh my gosh, is this going to come up every time? Right, no. so, well, you need to because Stars Hollow appears in episode two, season two of The West Wing. Mm hmm. They actually film a flashback to the president's early life, and it's there. And I remember watching it, before I knew this fact, I remember watching it and thinking, wow, that town looks perfect. <laughs> like, wow, that suddenly it really stood out, even in the West Wing, as like a, a, quite an unreal <laughs> universe. Yeah. Um, oh, Star Hollow is in all kinds, it's, it's the Warner Brothers lot, so yeah. it's in all kinds of things. I've I've been to that gazebo. Have you? It was still up. Um, I, I've toured. I've done the Warner Brothers studio tour like three or four times, and the first two times the gazebo was still up. Wow. Yeah. Well. So and you could go to, um, you know, you could go to Lorelai and Rory's house, and. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, I'm so impressed. Okay, that brings me to my next envelope, which is on a similar theme. The whitest town in the world, discuss. Yes, despite Gypsy. And despite Gypsy. Caesar, yes. Caesar is Hispanic. Oh, yeah, and he, But he's there to cook in the kitchen. Doesn't get mm -hmm. to speak for the first four series. But um, we do have Elaine and her mother. Ah, ah, the... the uh, I mean, and the that token. is <laughs> token Koreans. Uh, the mother, the the token angry Asian mother who goes, "You will not live like that in this town." Yes. It's, it's like Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany. What is she? The, the tiger mother? Is that right? Oh, is that the tiger? Something like that. Um, I remember. But, there's there's a book a book about that. Yeah, kind of a and that's a really good. It's a really good point because I, I I don't know if you could get away with that character now, but it. Um, certainly in the, the, I don't know I don't think she, she was not offensive no she wasn't but I think that the the amount that she had to do in the first series could wouldn't mm -hmm. that wouldn't be stood for now you could say in the first series that it was so uh, stereotypical um, that it potentially would be offensive now that they somebody would say okay we need more depth than her just saying no you do not you do not stay out after 11. You know, mm -hmm. it's... Uh, but a great character, and that's refreshing because the truth is there are those types of people in the world and mm -hmm. uh, having a different culture in a place like Stars Hollow would, would bring that. And it's... Uh, yeah, you, you definitely watch it now with a sense of like... Oh, but it's great and the way that those characters spin out over all the series it's lovely mm -hmm. I definitely shed a tear at one or two of Mrs. Kim's moments yeah definitely she did love her daughter I don't know how she ended up in Connecticut but... yeah yeah so yeah definitely the whitest town in the world uh, which w would have been nice I don't know I, I think Dawson's Creek might be the whitest okay yeah fair enough um, the real Luke and Lorelai Scott and Lauren uh, rumor is they fell out, and can we guess why? Discuss. 
because he's a crusty old man and she has no time for that. <laughs> Is he? Do, do, do you think? Yeah, he's he's a crusty old man in real life. Ah. Uh... Yeah, I mean, he's just. He's just gruff. He's he is very Luke like in real life, and yeah. that's something that doesn't translate. I don't think. Yeah. In the same way that if Jess actually were your boyfriend in real life, yeah. he would not be your favorite. Well, he's having listened to a couple of interviews with him. He's you know he was a baseball player first, so he's got mm-hmm. very much a sports sort of mind. But then got into mm-hmm. acting and acted a lot, and he's definitely got an understanding of that side. I think he's quite a spade is a spade kind of yes. person. I don't think he had any, I don't think he has time for a lot of the affectations that come yeah. with, with, you know, actors. And I think that might be, I don't know how much, you know, they were, this was but for both of them. Yeah. This was their big, you know, their first big project. Yeah. And I don't know if she brought some divaness with her. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's just the personality mm. and he wasn't up for it or, yeah. Or what? Yeah. But I, I think that yes, he. I think they're both pretty straight shooters in real life, and I think that they clashed over some things and some, some different um, outlooks on on. Yeah, you feel like she's set. perhaps super educated, and he's perhaps not super educated. I'm not sure. There's, there's some. He went on the Gilmore Guys podcast twice, and on the first one, told his whole story, and I thought, oh, what an interesting guy, and he's amazing. Second time he came on, oh, and on the first time he appeared on Gilmore Guys podcast, he said he announced that there was <laughs> there were talks in the work to bring it back, mm-hmm. and. And then they did the get together where they all got the reunion, and everyone. At ATX, yeah. Yeah, and it was it was then at ATX. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. So you know, on stage where he goes, it's this little podcast, and I just said something, yeah. and and they were all like, there were no talks in the work, but and then when he went back on the podcast, he was like, well, I was just, you know, I get, you know, I was just wishing it to happen, and mm-hmm. so I get the sense, and he also appeared to go back on that podcast just to promote the stuff he was doing. So mm-hmm. there's definitely a sense of like he's a bit of a wheeler dealer, he's a bit of a mm-hmm. uh, what we call a dowel boy, if you. You've ever seen Only Fools and Horses? I'm not sure if you have. Not. Okay, great. All right. Well, a bit of a uh, used car salesman, perhaps. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. Like 25% of him, perhaps. But he's also quite a nice, soft guy. I think he just gets carried away with himself. I can't imagine them hanging around with each other for a great deal of time. Yeah. But, but he also said, when he came back, he also said it was really nice to be on set again. And he said, because I think... Um, a lot of the cast the first time perhaps didn't appreciate how lucky we were and expected mm. to be going on to much bigger, better things. And this time we've now had enough time to realize that this was the best job we were ever going to get. And so the, mm-hmm. the atmosphere on set is more relaxed. And he was referring to the younger kids when he was talking about that. Um, Not uh, Nothing like a little reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if he was having a slight swipe at, well, pretty much everybody apart from himself there. I'm not sure. Well, Lauren uh, Graham went on to do Parenthood for six seasons, so she wasn't oh, hurting. Oh, there you go. Um, okay. Uh, what's your next uh, point? Um, let's see. So we've got Stars Hollow, Gypsy and Taylor. So Melissa McCarthy as Suki. Okay. Suki. Yeah. Not Suki from True Blood, but Suki. 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 That's right. It's the longer yeah, drawn out. It's like Suki. Yes, Suki. So, what about Suki? Do you 
are you okay she's almost 100% smiley nice nice is a really mm-hmm. hard thing to pin your colours to as a fan isn't it the word nice is like bland. I, I quite enjoyed her I mean oh, yeah. I've, I've always been a fan of that character my question is now that we've seen more from Melissa McCarthy and she's arguably become the biggest star to come out of Gilmore Girls yeah notwithstanding um, Jared yeah. Padalecki's 11,000 year run on Supernatural. <laughs> um, do do you have a greater appreciation for how she played that character, knowing what else she can do? I, part of me thinks that she is playing a part like to, to She's underselling herself from the start. It's like the opposite. It it gives me an appreciation that maybe she was she was asked to play the constantly happy chef. Mm-hmm. And and actually they could have challenged her much greater. So I have mm-hmm. I have respect for the for the person because she wasn't allowed to spread her wings within that character. No, she really wasn't. No. Even though shame. her character got married and had two children and changed, became a part owner of an inn and had all of these on paper, all of these things that should have changed her character, she was essentially the same person in the very last episode. Yeah, she didn't she was change. In the beginning. <laughs> she never did. She and knowing the range that Melissa McCarthy actually has, you know, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, can you and, name another character that didn't change as much? I mean, even Kirk probably. Yeah, even Kirk changed slightly. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it did it always bothered me. Like niceness really bothers me when an actor plays it because because it, it makes me go, that's not real. And mm-hmm. again, in the last series, a credit to the last series because in that series she was the one saying to Lorelai, "Are you sure about this Chris thing?" I'm not sure about this Chris thing. She was the anti, kind of, she was the real friend, if you like, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so well done, the writers, for actually allowing her to be the voice of reason. I mean, she's essentially Jiminy Cricket to Pinocchio, isn't mm-hmm. she? She's the helper. Yeah, she is. That's her, that's her role, is to be the helper throughout. And it's a shame that she didn't sort of get to explore that a little bit more. But But then she went, that allowed her to have a Hollywood career where she went, I'm going to be so gross mm-hmm. that everyone's going to be you know that probably helped jettison her into the atmosphere because because no one was expecting it and they went oh my god is that mm-hmm. her from the gilmore girls maybe but yeah yeah, yeah. underused yeah, I always felt that she was yes underused and just it, but not not underused so much as her wings were really clipped you know like you said she mm. was not allowed to try anything else. I mean, sure. Sometimes Suki was frustrated, but it was always in that, Oh, isn't that adorable? Yeah. Yeah. She gets upset about this and it, you know, it always worked out. Um, so I don't know. I just always felt like her character, given how three dimensional pretty much every other character on that show was. Yeah. She really was not allowed to be that. And, uh, no, Poor and I, at, you know, at the time I didn't really, you know, first run, I didn't really think much of it, but in, in hindsight, knowing what else she can do. Yeah. I'm really curious what, why, why that was. Yeah. Smiling helper. That's what I think. And, yeah. um, uh, her 
very camp husband. Um, mm-hmm. Also similar, similar. I mean, they did have that episode where they had, uh, they found a load of weed growing and they had yeah. to smuggle, <laughs> they had to hide the, they had to hide the cannabis, like a ton of cannabis or something. That was mm-hmm. funny. And, and I do wonder whether she, she began to push a little bit for that and go, come on. And let's, yeah. it feels like a Melissa McCarthy pitch storyline that doesn't it? It does. Go, They've yes. got to hide. Could we get away after all these series of them basically representing the Christian uh, right of America in, mm-hmm. in behavior um, mm-hmm. Could we get away with them being dope smugglers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they did get away with it. It was great. <laughs> it was, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I agree. I do feel like that was something that she would have been like. You know what? Now, I, I wonder if she wasn't just kind of playing it safe until they knew it was the final season. Yeah. And she said, "Okay, can we rock the boat a little bit?" Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and and I wonder if she learned from that experience that she needs to push it and and get what she wants. So. Anyway, what just something. You... Another thing that came up during the rewatch was knowing knowing now what she can do. It was good. It's, no, it's good. We've basically run out of time, and I've run out of envelopes. What have you got left to discuss that we haven't discussed? All I had was the ending and what you thought yeah, about the good, ending. Good, good, good. So, yeah. um, there there were serious problems for me in the last series, mm-hmm. um, just in terms of satisfaction. But I loved the ending, actually. I loved the fact that Luke stitches up all of the things and puts it up. I, I thought it was a suitable Stars Hollow ending. I think it's the setup for that is absolutely ridiculous. The idea that the whole town were going to go to Yale. Like, oh my God, if the universe didn't revolve around these two women enough, the plot now was that every town member expected to go to the graduation of of Rory. They had to, in, in their defense, they had established that throughout the series that the town did help raise Rory. Yes. From Even from the very beginning, Lorelai says yeah. to Dean, yeah. you better not mess with her because it won't be just me coming after you. That's true. But to, but to still, set it up as if they expected to get a ticket. Mm-hmm. You know, as and again. As, they're such country bumpkins that they don't realize that how yeah. how Yale works. I mean, come on. <laughs> exactly. They live 45 minutes away. Couldn't they just have said, hey, guys, we really need to have a party for Rory. Wouldn't that have done the same job? Yeah. <laughs> Surely. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So I, I did... I had problems like that. It was like, and they were, like I said, about Lorelai annoying me a lot more in the last series because mm-hmm. because they couldn't quite get their, their, their mouths around the language in the same way as when Amy was writing it. What do you think? What did you like about the last series? What did you think of the ending? I really, really liked the last episode. I Now, I, I bawled through it. Yeah. Every time I've watched it, I've cried pretty much the whole thing. But really? I, I really liked that Rory chose to start her career. Yeah. Um, and that's that rang true to me. Yeah. Um, I liked that we had um that that hopefulness between Lorelai and Luke. Yeah. That rang true to me. Um, yeah. which we didn't really talk about their relationship much, and and weirdly it, given. I don't know, given her ambitions and his, I mean, and their personalities and everything, somehow it does work. Yeah. Um, 
However, when I was binge watching, I wanted it to happen quicker. I really did. Mm-hmm. I was like, I am used to like the one of the great things about Breaking Bad is that Vince Gilligan always did. He did the thing that you thought that they wouldn't do because it would be too easy, because mm-hmm. it would make life too hard for them. It's like, okay, person is seeking gold, therefore it's got to be about the obstacles. Vince Gilligan went, give him the gold. Now what do we do? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really interesting. And now that you have what you want, what do you do? Yeah, Gilmore yeah. is the opposite for that. But, but that was that time. That I mean, that's that style of storytelling. That was the height of the yeah. will they, won't they? You yeah, know, the it was. And it was great. She did it better than everyone else. But at the same time, there was a will they, won't they? When I went, well, they would have done by now. Like, get on with it. Like, I, I, what I really did not care for was oh. the will they, won't they with Christopher. Yeah, I know I that just, was the but, thing. But it I was like, oh come that, on. That goes back, though, to that point I was making earlier about there is a part of Lorelai who is still a 16-year-old. Yeah. And that's where Christopher comes in. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, I've noticed from other uh, podcasts that there's a lot of hatred for April. The the plot of oh, Luke I thought we were having a daughter. This without having to talk about her. Do you not like her, then? You didn't. She was a total MacGuffin. There was no reason for her to be there except to break up Luke and Lorelai. There was absolutely okay. no reason. So you hate her as a device, not as a character. Not a, so much yeah. as a character. She was yeah. also meant to, uh, you know, she was also kind of the Raven Simone of the Cosby show. Yeah, yeah. Once Rudy was past the cute, precocious child, they had to bring Olivia in. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I felt like was for April. Oh, Rory's in college now, so we need to have some extremely smart socially awkward girl in town yeah right okay yeah so, maybe yeah. I, I yeah 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 i i'm somewhere between i think it, it was clearly a device but at the same time um it also did that i think it's amy sherman as well flipping that thing on its head of going okay well there's a man here who has to look after a, a child yeah. now how would that you know, how would Laurel I take to that when it's all been about her and her child? And I liked that. I just wanted it to be not a reason for them to break up, but yeah. a reason for them to work through Luke's a dad. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it it was like they brought her in and then it was like, okay, so now Laurel and Luke don't have to have any scenes together for the next uh-huh. 17 episodes. And right. it's just like, oh, come on. So and maybe the whole, they did fall out yeah. on set. Maybe that is what I, happened. That's kind of what I wondered at the time was did they well, it was like look, each other? They just didn't want to shoot scenes together anymore. I wonder if Lauren Graham would have said to Amy Sherman, look, it's, it, you know, we don't hate each other, but we'd rather not be around each other. And and the 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 uh, chemistry is great while it's while it's um, uh, um, while it's not allowed. Uh, but mm-hmm. once we once we get together, I don't know if the chemistry is going to sustain for a while. You and know. See, I thought it did. I, I thought, thought it did. I together. liked it when they were together in bed and yeah. in his flat and in her house mm-hmm. and all of that. And her her disrupting him and him trying to, you know, yeah. make her house what they needed it to be. Yeah, for was... the two of them, I thought that was great. There was a lot of story to mine there, and I was disappointed that she fell back on this yeah. device. Yeah. In this, so and maybe she he, didn't need to. Maybe they did fall out. And maybe Amy Sherman actually indulged that and she shouldn't have. And maybe that was partly why she left because the studio went, oh, the actors have got too much power over Amy. Theories. Oh, my God. Maybe. 
we are the only ones who know the truth. Yes, yes. Um, or maybe they didn't. Maybe everyone got on. And I, I don't know. But watching Amy Maybe it was Sherman, just a, a poor decision, a poor yeah. storytelling decision. Yeah, yeah. I honestly think that if they had, if she had kept Luke and Lorelai together and still had Luke go through that with April, it would have turned out much better. Yeah. I think yeah. it would have been... It would have been a lot easier to watch, that's for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And you know what? On Amy Sherman, uh, the same. I watched Harmontown recently, Community's mm-hmm. Harmontown. And um, when you watch that documentary, you realize that writers, the, the place where all these characters that you love come from, the type of person that it comes from, is a really normal human being. Uh-huh. Like, the characters that you watch are super gorgeous, unusual people. And mm-hmm. actually, the brain that they came out of is often a weird little nerd who is uh-huh. a bit of a dick to everybody. And yeah. I felt the exact same thing when I saw Amy Sherman in the in the um, reunion and stuff. I went, oh, she's a bit full of herself. She's got an ego. She likes being the center mm-hmm. of attention she's a bit of an ass and she's uh, that's what real geniuses are that's it you know that's it that's who they are that's who real people like you and i are um so whatever that's happens when you pull the curtain back and you're like oh well yeah. let's just go back and watch the episode the show let's let's yeah. let's not ask the author their intent let's exactly. go back and look at them exactly the so yeah. well done her for doing as much as she did mm-hmm. and and I do think she's got you know amazing judgment and these new these new episodes I'm sure are going to be brilliant I really do think they're going to be brilliant I don't I think they are I'm very excited November 25th I will be mainlining all four in a row yeah because she was upset that type of personality same with Dan Harmon are obsessive about the world that's in their head and mm-hmm. when people come along and try to mess with that world they don't like it because it's in their head and that's why they end up leaving and falling out and you think how can that possibly happen well it can because because mm-hmm. they don't think critically they think like them and so her being allowed to think like her again I think is going to bring out the same quality yeah. and wonderfulness Ah, well, I feel like we could carry on for another hour, but I think that's long enough. Um, Good talk, Mel. Thank you very much. Yes, this was lovely. I look forward to... What are you guys going to talk about next? Well, I'm going to finish Community, and then I think Matt and I can Mm -hmm. do a Community Mm -hmm. one, but... That will be brilliant. Maybe you and I should do a Chuck as well. We should. I'll need to refresh myself. I know, me too. (laughs) too. It's been a while. Or maybe you can finally watch... The West Wing. Oh. Rack on with it. You should love it. It's the flip side of the Gilmore Girls. It's it's brilliant. Fast pace. I know. That's At this great. point, it's just one of those things where everyone's told you you need to watch it, so you don't want to watch it. Like, uh, okay, here's your final incentive. Watch the last episode of season one. We've said this to you before. Watch mm-hmm. last episode of season one. Start there. Because mm-hmm. that means that within three episodes, you're also going to see Stars Hollow appear. So that'll be a little treat. <laughs> a little treat for you. You know it appears in Chuck, too, because they filmed on the same lot. Wow. Chuck's lot looks so much cheaper than Stars Hollow. And that's saying something. Cinematography. <laughs> it's all in the lighting. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Right. Thank you, Mel. Okay. Thank you, Hal. And uh, if you want to email us, you can studio at theboxsetpod.com. Share your thoughts. Me and Mel will read them. Studio at theboxsetpod.com.